You know, many times it seems like we as Christians, we only think about ourselves and what we will get from God. We don't think about what we will do for God. And you know, the whole idea of worshiping God is what you would do for God. Never let God do something for you. Always it's got to be what you will do for God. This lady that I'm talking about, we don't know from here, from anywhere. And at the time that when we needed money on weekly basis, from nowhere, she called. I would like to give money every week towards the fruit of the children. What? We don't even know you. She said, ah, that's what I need to do. And she does it every week. She's not missed one week. Every single week. And so, and as, as she did that, something in me told me, you have to pray for this woman. You have to pray for her. And so I began to pray for her. And as I was praying for her, every week I would write uh, a prayer to her. Every week I would write a prayer to her. That's what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And the words that I was writing, knowing that these words that I was writing every week were something that God has inspired for me to give her. Because of what she was going through at the time and what she's still going through. But in the test that I've been given there, every single word is a reassurance and they are words of hope. It was only about a week ago that she told me that, uh, oh, this is what has been happening to me. I said, what? But then, as I could see the, the verses and the scriptures I was giving her, word for word for word for word, because every time she would say, amen, 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 amen. Well, I don't know what is going on. I'm just saying what the Lord sink into my spirit. And as the Lord is sinking something into my spirit, it's the same thing that I'm giving her. Write this down. Or as I begin, I, I will say something. I don't know why I'm, what I've written. But God is communicating to her through me, without me even knowing it. This is how God works. For if you will draw close to God, you will see his face. He says, knock, and it shall be opened. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. The whole thing is ask. It was ask, seek, and knock. Okay? Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone that seeketh, findeth. And everyone that knocks, it shall be opened unto them. 
know, many times we go to church thinking that we're, um, I'm going to church because of maybe Pastor Greg or because of what the church is. Or, it's not. That's why I'm telling you that the servant of the Lord is a relationship. And it is how you take that relationship. That's what you receive from the Lord. The Bible tells us that God is not mocked. God is not mocked. Like I said, everything that I'm writing to this lady, I did not know what I was writing. I'm just writing it. But I am only a conduit. I am only, I'm only just a human being and the Lord is speaking through me to this person. Why? Because this person is trying to touch the heart of God with what she's doing. She's trying to touch the heart of God. She wants a peculiar relationship with God. She is seeking for something peculiar from God. And it is only between her and God. Therefore, God is speaking through me. I don't even know what it was all about. Because that's how God works. God does not work in our much shouting. Because if you are shouting, if you are holy, and your heart is not in it, how do you see God? For you to be doing something for God, your heart has got to be in it. God is looking for your heart. That is what he works on. That's what he desires. It is not about how perfect you are or how sinless you are. It is about how much your heart is for God. David was the worst person in the world. Hallelujah. David was the worst person in the world. I can say that. But can I really say that? Yes. Why? Because he was. Why? Because that's what God wants me to say. He was the worst person. He was an example of God's love to mankind, to my mankind today. It wasn't about the sin of David. It was about the heart of David. And so David can say, my Lord will come and take me out of hell. David wanted to build a house for the Lord. And the Lord said, no. I'm not letting you build a house for me. Why? Because your hands is full of blood. Your hands is full of blood. And therefore, there's so much blood on your hands that I'm not going to let you build a house for me. I will let your son who comes after you build it for me. But if God can know that David's hand is full of blood, why then does God rescue David from hell? Why does God rescue David from hell? It was because of his heart. We love to pretend as human beings because we believe the pretending will give us a thing that we love God, but not so. Not so. God loves the ones who are willing to work 
The Bible tells us that as Jesus was praying, he was telling them, enter into your closet, worship your God in secret. And the God who sees in secret will reward thee openly. Why is he saying that? And then again, he says, you don't be like the hypocrites. Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who love to stand in public places, glorifying and magnifying God. For they will receive their reward. Why would they receive their reward? Is it because... No, it's because even though they are magnifying God in the in front of the multitudes, their heart is nowhere near God. Their hearts are empty. If you wanted someone who will not sin, it was a Pharisee and a Sadducee. As the Lord Jesus Christ said to the, the young ruler, because he believed he had not sinned. But even though he believed he had not sinned, the most dearest thing to him was his money. That was more dear to him than God was. And if that is the case, if the dearest thing to you is your money, if the dearest thing to you is your work, if the dearest thing to you, then what is? I'm not saying... Stop working and no, 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 no. God has got to be your dearest. Yeah, you may be working, but God has got to be the dearest thing in or to you. When you are praying at night, Pastor Greg is not there. Whatever you are doing, Pastor Greg is not there. But who is there? You have nothing to prove to Pastor Greg. You have nothing to prove to Christ Evangelical Church. The only person that you have got to impress is the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't come impressing Mama Miriam. <laughs> Don't come impressing uh, uh, Mama Sissy. Don't come impressing Sister Gladys. Impress God. Because at the end of the day, none of us can help you. The only person who can help you is God. It is not about your much doing. It is not about the crowd that you are with. It's not about your family. It's not about any of that. It is about Jesus and your relationship. Yes, the Pharisees were very, 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 very holy people. I mean, when you take a look at the Jews, you can see it. The stuff that's upon their forehead, the, 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 their hair, the way it is twisted, the, 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 the prayer shawls, the, all those things. But when your heart is not for God, God doesn't know you. If your heart is not for God, God doesn't know you. Why? Because God sent his only begotten son that you should believe in him. How do you believe in him? Do the things that the Lord Jesus Christ is expecting you to do. 
Oh, the moment that we say that, people's mind jump into, but I'm a sinner, I'm not right. It's not about your sin. It is about your love for God. The worst, one of the worst things, and I know that people, people have, a lot of people do the same thing. One of the worst things was David saw a man's, saw a man's uh, wife naked and watched pornography. Took the wife, slept with her, fornication, and murdered the man on top. Murder. But yet the man loved him. Yet the Lord loved him. Why? Because for him to wake up was God. For him to go to bed was God. Everything that he did was God. Everything that he did was God. If you were to tell him, chop your head off for God right now, he would do it. He won't hesitate. He won't hesitate. I was hearing a very powerful man of God. And the man began to, to expand on Job. And the things that happened to Job. And what was the thing that happened to Job? He said, Job's mistake was one sin. And without one sin was not a normal common sin. It was fear. But because of that fear, can you imagine losing all your children one day? Wow. All your children. If you were to lose one child, how many of us will curse God? That's the worst thing that can ever happen to a man. Lose a child. How many of us can lose a child? But to lose all your children, all your sons, all your daughters, one day. Wow. And yet, Job sinned not. Satan thought, if I can only take out all his children, that pain, that awesome pain is enough to get him to curse God. But Job was in pain, in serious pain. Are you going curse God? He still loved God. He still cherished God. He still saw the boundary between him and God and the respect that he had for God and the things that if he had the opportunity could do for God. But as he was thinking, if I had the opportunity, the sacrifice I will make to God right now because his life was based on sacrifice. He sacrificed everything to God to make sure God knows that his love was for him. If Job did not sacrifice everything he had, to God, God wouldn't have trusted Job to go through this pain and yet not cares him. him. But his nature was God first. God first. God first. 
So Satan took all of his children away. The worst pain that can ever happen to you. And you saw how Job was. The Bible tells you beforehand that Job sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed for his children. So you, you can see the heart of Job. Outside of God, the most important thing to do was his children. He didn't care what he lost for his children. And many of us, we don't care what we will lose for our children. And yet, Satan took all of them out one day. One day. And what would have made him to sacrifice? Guess what? He took all of that as well. So now he, all his children are gone. He would have sacrificed, but he has no sheep. He would have sacrificed, but now, and then worst of all, sickness was placed upon him. But in all of that, the Bible tells us that Job cursed not. The most important thing to Job was God. And he proved it to him with the sacrifice that he had. He proved it to God with the sacrifice. Because if I have nothing to sacrifice unto you, I will not sacrifice with my mouth curse. I will sacrifice, however, with my heart. I will not sacrifice a curse out of my mouth, but I will sacrifice with my heart. Many of us, we jump into situations. We want, we want to, we want to was it, um, follow certain traditions, certain fashion, certain thing. Wherever we hear of something that is going, that's where we want to be. Sacrifice to the Lord? No. Why? Let me tell you something. When you refuse to sacrifice to the Lord, you show the Lord a rejection even without saying he says, seek God first, and everything else will be added unto you. Seek God first and his kingdom, and everything else will be added unto you. How do you seek God? You seek him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with everything that is on the inside of you. You seek him with the little love that you have in order to receive the agape love that he has for you. You are swapping your little um, philo love for his agape love. Our philo love is worth nothing. His agape love is worth everything. And so, when we begin to take a look at God, we begin to see his goodness. We begin to see his peace and his mercy. How do we see that? Unless I am willing to sacrifice. Why? My sacrifice is what builds up my spirit. 
Hallelujah. My sacrifice is what builds up my spirit. What is my sacrifice? My sacrifice is me putting God first. Me putting God first. What? In everything that I do. In everything that I do. I was doing something. And I believe I received a certain money. And this money, I said, okay, I've got this work to do before I do. I've got that work to do with the school. I've got that work to do with, so all this money, as I've worked it out, everyone of them is going to do the work of the Lord. And, but something was telling me that I still have to pay tithe. So what did I do? What the first thing that I did, I went down to, we had uh, the hut, the floor was still dirt. We're still working on dirt. So I called my mason and my mason Mason that no mason ones that builds, and I told them to go and um, floor. You know the 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 where is it the hut where we worship. You know it's, it's like a shell. I know elders said you would need about ten bags of cement. You need some um, logs. You need this. And we worked it out. And then what I was going to use, yes, the rest of the money was going to be used for the work of God. But out of that, the Holy Spirit was telling me, but I'm asking, but why am I doing that? And the answer that I received from the Holy Spirit is, it shows your love for God. It shows your heart for God. And so even though my budget is very, very tight, I did that because that Okrasi church is separate from everything that we are doing at Akodum. Okrasi church is a church. So I took that money, we went and we did the floor. And we've done the floor. Unless you desire the heart of God, you will not see his goodness. What is church? Church is desiring the heart of God. Church, church you know, sometimes we, 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 we misconstrue church to be a place where we go and have fun. Place where we go and sit, we go and chat. Now that the church is understanding God, church is loving God, church is doing something for God. With a church, you see, my relationship with God is dependent upon me 
and what I will do for God. What is the relationship of God to me? What is the importance of God to me? Unless I can know the importance of God in my life, I will think of him as a substitute. He says, seek God first and his righteousness or his kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. His righteousness. Seek God first and his righteousness. Not your righteousness. His righteousness. Come on, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go to. I'm not going through the Bible today, but let's just go to. Um, sorry, I was I was on Psalm 91 today. Let's go to um, Matthew chapter 6. Hallelujah. Let me, let me start from verse 7. Okay, let me, let me, let me start from the verse 5 because that's what, that's what I was talking about. Let me start from the verse 5. It says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the streets, corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Hallelujah. How, what is a reward? The re you see, if you want to willing to receive that reward from the Lord, what you are doing from God has got to be in secret. And it's not going to be something that, 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 that is, uh, should we say, something that is not um, something that inspires him. David said, I will not give God Something that has not cost me nothing. Because the most precious to me is God. Therefore, everything I have to give to God has got to be precious. They say so. I, but, but when I take a look at my circumstances, I am in need. Let me tell you something. When you are in need, that is when you impress God how much you appreciate him. It is not when you have much that you tell God how much you appreciate him. Because when we take a look at the widow and the widow was mine, the people were a whole lot of people casting in a lot of money. Jesus Christ didn't say anything about the amount of money they were casting. He was saying something about that, that might that the widow threw into the coffers. Because what? Because within you, you have to impress God. How do I get my spirit? As we were talking about last week, how do I get my spirit 
to be powerful? How do I get my spirit to be strong? How do I get my spirit to be so strong that it can over, over, overcome every situation that is in my body? It means personally, in my sacred place, I have to impress God and I have to make God know that there, I have no one else. There is nothing else that I have that is greater than him, God. I have nothing else that is greater than him, God. And this was the nature of David. We need to read about David. This was the nature of David. How dare you, an uncircumcised Philistine, insult my God, the creator of heaven and the earth. Today I will feed your flesh to the birds. He knew what God, he knew what God would do the moment that he was ready to kill this uncircumcised Philistine. Let me tell you, you will read the comics and you'll find out that there was a Superman. You will read the comics and you find out that there was a, a, a Batman or a this or a that or, or, but David, all of those superheroes that you saw in those, in those comics and in those uh, infinity wars and in those things, if you thought, if you thought, um, what's, what's the Thanos was a great, powerful man, you ain't seen David, you and his men. The Bible decrees and declares that these men, no man has been upon this earth like them in fighting, in strength, in power. Yes, something was strong, but outside of something, David and his men were the most powerful men that has ever been on this earth. Because one of them can take his spear and he will spear six men in one go. Doing a donut kebab with human flesh, with men, fighting men, not just men, soldiers who are trained to fight. He will take his sword and he will kill, just one, kill six of them in one go. Just spear them, lift them up and throw them away. This was the power that David had. And even that was not David, it was his men. No man could dare stand in front of David. But before he will come to you, he will go to his God. And he will ask his God to show him the way. He will ask his God for the effort. And his God will say, go. Go. And when he was going, the Holy Spirit was with him. When he opened his mouth, the heaven fell. And if David lifted up his sword, you were dead. It doesn't matter who you were, how tall you were, how strong and mighty you were. Why? Because his faith was only in God. He was not relying on anybody to teach him something. Or to say something to him. His weapon was his closet. 
His weapon was his heart that he had with God. His full trust was in God. He did not go anywhere that he did not believe the Lord will not give him. That's why he says, that's why he said, when I die, even if I go to hell, my savior is coming to take me out of hell. He will not suffer me to remain there. By the way, all the things that David could do, he had done. God told him not to do a census, and he did it. You know, everything, David did it. But guess what? His faith made God to call him the man after my heart. The man after my heart. We are reading about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And what is the Lord Jesus Christ calling them? Hypocrites. Yeah, but these people, my Lord, they don't sin. They pay tithe. Even when they pick mint, they pay tithe on the mint. They will pull leaves of the mint and pay tithe with it. But yet Jesus Christ is calling them hypocrites. Why? Because they will do that and they do not love God. They will do all of that and they will do only the things that pleases man. Oh, Lord, you know, I am the richest of the rich. And you know, when I came to church, I dashed you some money. I dashed you some money. If you do not put value that what you are giving to the church is something that God is worthy of, then I'll tell you something. It's not worth putting it in. If you do not put value in the fact that you are coming to church, then it is not worth it. If you do not put value in your worship for God, And there is no point doing it. Why? Because Saul, to fail your heart, you have to allow God to inspire your heart. Your inspiration in life should be God. There's a song that Daniel is saying down here. I am crazy for God. I am crazy for God. No, many of them are not crazy for God. But the words of that song, when they, when they start singing it, they start at, at, at acting crazy, carrying chairs, doing this, doing that, doing that, and they don't care what they do. 
When you hear them singing that song, if you are in there, you'll be embarrassed. You'll be thinking, wait, wait a minute, what are they doing? How, how odd, how disgraceful. But they are acting that they are crazy for God. When you are crazy for someone, when you are crazy for, 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 for someone, it doesn't matter what people think you are doing. It doesn't matter. The Bible is the one that tells us that when one time David was carrying the Ark of the Covenant for God and one of the carriers was struck. They died. David got upset with God. And David gave the act to Obedidom. And when the act got into the house of Obedidom, Obedidom, the one that was where, that was not um, gate man, all of a sudden started becoming rich. And then David began to see that everything that he was doing was crumbling until he was told. And that's when he realized that, wait a minute, I have made a mistake. My power has been taken away from my hand because I have not appreciated what God is in my life. My power has been taken out of my hand because I have not appreciated what God is. And therefore, when he went back, to collect the ark back from Obedido. Or Obedido. Hallelujah. He danced a dance that was reckless to the part that he was almost naked. He fell, he went crazy for the carrying of the ark. He danced a dance which his wife now began to think that he is crazy and he's a disgrace. Hallelujah. And of course, the daughter of Saul, who was that, who was that wife, also got her coming up. Hallelujah. He danced a dance. Some people say it was profane. But whatever it was, he wanted to show God that he was crazy only for him and not for anybody else. Hallelujah. That's what I'm trying to tell you this. When you begin to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with everything that's on the inside of you, when you begin to go crazy for God, God begins to reveal himself to you. You don't have to live in a pretense of worshiping God. You begin to see the reality of God. Because why? Because you are crazy for him. I want to know how many of you listening to me today are crazy for God. And what you are prepared to do for God. You know what you, it's not what you're prepared to do for Pastor Greg. 
It is not what you are prepared to do for Christ's evangelical church, but what you are prepared to do for God. Because it is what you are prepared to do for God. That's what invites God. You see, the relationship between Abraham and God was the only between Abraham and God. Sarah didn't know it. Because Sarah's relationship with, with herself and God was different. Because when Isaac was going to be given to her, she was laughing and she was declaring, oh, I am too old to have a child. And it was the same thing that got her to force her husband to go and have a relationship with the handmaid, which brought about her Ishmael. When you are crazy for God, it is not if God is going to bring it today or if God is going to bring it tomorrow. It is not God what God is going. It is what you do in your secret. If you, you see, when you are not crazy for God, you begin to look everywhere under every rock. Thinking that if I look under this rock, that's when it's going to be all right. If I look under that rock, that's when it's going to be, things are going to change. No, it is when you have a relationship with the relationship giver. If you have a relationship with the person who owns the power of what is on the earth. Let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at the power that Jesus Christ has. My time is up. Hallelujah. Again, Matthew, let's go to the same Matthew. Let's go to 28. Hallelujah. We are looking at 16. It says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. Some did not have that crazy love. Crazy love. I want you to say to yourself, crazy love. What is the crazy love? When I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I do is Jesus on my mind. When I'm eating, Jesus on my mind. When I finish eating, Jesus on my mind. When everywhere I go, I begin to preach Jesus to myself. I begin to talk about the things that Jesus would do. I begin to talk about, you know, ask questions about Lord Jesus, why is this this? Why is that? I don't have the Bible, but I'm still thinking about Jesus. I am asking Jesus questions. I'm walking around. I am muttering to myself, Jesus, 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 Jesus. To the point that when I go somewhere, a lot of people who have seen me, if some people have seen me, I'm walking around the house and you see me muttering to myself. Why am I muttering about? I'm muttering about Jesus. What, what about? I have to have a conversation with him all the time. I have to have a conversation with him all the time. What does that do? I don't know. But every time that I sit down to pray, when I start praying, there will be things coming into my head that I need to pray about. And those things that are coming to my head that I need to pray about, I don't know the reason why I'm, I have to pray those prayers. But when I'm praying those prayers, I begin to see that these prayers are very, very powerful prayers. 
and prayers which I do not understand which or how they come, but they come. Someone will say that, oh, Pastor Greg, uh, but where they come, where, how they are coming. I don't know where they are coming. I don't know how they are coming, but they are coming. I am preaching the word. I don't know where the word is coming from, but the words are coming. Why? It's because I am always muttering to myself, speaking to the Lord Jesus Christ. I can be sleeping in the middle of the night. I will wake up. Do I pray? Mm, not always. Sometimes I do. But I can wake up in the morning and I'm arguing with Jesus. I'm not arguing. I'm, I'm talking to him. I'm, I'm, and this is how it goes. Jesus in the morning. Jesus in the afternoon. Jesus in the evening. This is how it goes. And what is the purpose of that? A revelation of his heart. Unto me. A revelation of his heart unto me. So, what people will have as obscured, but the moment that I see it is different. And you know what? I'll say, but I'm wrong. No, oh, I'm tired. Let me let me let me let me turn on maybe pray for dollar. And you know, there are only two people that are listening to nowadays. Uh, Joseph Prince, Crefford Dollar. And when I switch these two on, why? Because they are on the same wavelength as me. I want to listen to other preachers because there's quite a lot of idol worship going on nowadays. That I have to be careful who I listen to. Very, very careful who I listen to. Why do I keep mentioning these two all the time? I would say I was listening to a great man. He's quite one of the two of them. Not every time you hear me say I'm listening to a great man, it's one of the two of them. Because I can go to bed and I can have Creflo on all night listening. I wake up listening. I sometimes wake up and I'm having I'm I'm, I'm having confessions. The confessions that they do. And I'm having the confessions with them. I don't know why. I wake up, my mouth is moving, my mouth is praying, but me, I'm asleep, but my mouth is praying. Why is all of this? Because if you desire God, he will show you the way. He will show you his heart. Because you cannot desire anything above the heart of God. The only thing that you can desire is the heart of God. When you desire above the heart of God, you might end up desiring something or going somewhere which, which you are not supposed to go to. And the broad is the way nowadays. But what the things that lead to the Lord Jesus Christ is very, 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 very short and very refined. Listening to, listening to um, the radios that I'm listening to, you're hearing then some of the things that you are hearing. What pastors are doing, what politicians are doing, what um, the kings and the chiefs are doing. Killing people, killing young people so they can have power. I have power. 
Listen to this. I have power. And this is the only power that I believe in. Listen to this. Then he says what? Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everywhere. I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know that people are buzzing me right now. My watch is buzzing a lot. And so uh, <laughs> I know it's time. It's the, it's, it's the, the time is up. So I will end here. But I will continue with this. I'll continue with what I was doing last week. Uh, this is the word that uh, I was going to preach a certain word, but the Lord brought these words to me today. Let, 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 let's draw close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's love the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power to bring a certain change that you need. And that power only comes because you are acknowledging him. That power does not come because you are praying 24 hours a day with your heart somewhere else, which is not with God. That power comes because you are acknowledging him. That power comes because you are acknowledging where he has placed you and what he is getting you to do. Miracles only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. Power only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that faith you get when you're worshiping in your heart. It is not about your much doing or about your sin, but it is about your heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. God richly bless you for today.